0: I may be a little more animated than what some of y'all used to. That's alright too. Amen. Amen. I was in the meeting down there and a lady come to me and she said, Brother Metter, I was in your tent meeting in 92, uh, in a little town right here. Said you prayed for a man shot in the spine on crutches, and uh, doctors told him he would never walk without pain, would never walk without them crutches. Said you prayed for him, and, and said and God healed him. He walked out of that tent that night without his crutches. I said you got that video. She said yeah, she gave me the video, and you can see me pray for the man. The Lord healed him, and he he, he took his crutches and walked without his crutches and walked. With no pain. And when the man left the tent that night, he had his crutches up over his head, shouting, God healed me. He said, God healed me. Hallelujah! I, I don't even know the man's name. The, uh, uh, the man that brought him come back to the meeting the next night. And I said, well, where's the man that got healed? He said he loaded his car up and drove home to tell his family what a great miracle God done in his life. And to my knowledge... I, I wouldn't know the man if I seeing him again, don't know nothing about him, don't know his name, don't know where he lives. Well we got that uh we got that miracle on video, and one night in the meeting, a man come up in in a car wreck and had a pin in his hip, and uh I set him down and we zoomed the camera in on his feet, and you can see the difference 20 twenty feet probably inch and a half, and they just I, I said, y'all keep that camera right there." And I started praying the prayer of and You just watch his leg just grow. I mean, just grow. And he got up and walked and shouted and praised God. There wasn't no pain in his body. And I was telling Sister Kathy, I said, I, you know, I, the Lord called me the pastor in 2000. And I've been here for 11 years. But I'm going to tell you something, for 22 years. It didn't make any difference where I went. And put these tents up in auditoriums or Oakmare crusades on the mission field. I preached Jesus. I preached Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I preached His stripes. And everywhere I went, the blind seen, the deaf heard, the dumb talk, the lame walk... Hallelujah, short legs grew, crooked spines straightened. People with cancers and tumors and gorders, they were dried up and God made His real to people. And I'm telling you, that mighty move of God uh, that I was raised in and that I saw for 20-something years on the evangelistic field, the missionary field, it's on its way back to God's people. It's on its way back to the church. It's on its way back to this generation because you don't see it much anymore. It's hard to find anybody that's got just a solid faith in God. I'm talking about what I call sea miracles. What I call sea miracles. When you see somebody's leg grow an inch and a half or two inches, you can't doubt God. Amen? You can't doubt God. Hallelujah. When you know somebody's deaf and dumb, and God opens their ears and looses their tongue, and they start talking and start hearing. You can't doubt God. Amen. I said not if you're hungry. Not if you really want God to do something in you. But I want to go to the Gospel of John, the 6th chapter. And I'm going to the 55th verse. Now I'm going to read several verses of Scripture. And I appreciate everyone being here tonight. And I I feel like there's some needs here. I had several people call me and told me that uh, they needed healing and they were coming. And I had people call me from all the way to Sheffield, Alabama. Someone's supposed to come tonight. I don't I guess the weather hindered, but that's all right, man. I, I feel the power of the Lord present to heal. Amen. I do. I feel that almighty power of God's Stretched out hand. Hallelujah. But from, uh, John 6 and 55. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me Even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna in the manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live for ever. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many now, won't y'all pay attention to this? Many therefore of his disciples. When they heard this, said, This is a hard saying, who can hear it? When Jesus knew in Himself that His disciples murmured at it, He said unto them, Does this offend you? What, and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where He was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth the flesh, profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are Spirit- And they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believe not and who should betray him. Then he said there, then he said, therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto the Father except it were given unto him of my Father. Now watch verse 66. From that time, Many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. From the book of Acts, the fourth chapter. Y'all find out I'm a word preacher. I'm a word preacher. I love the word. I love the word. Because I'm going to tell you it's a word that's going to keep you. You're not going to have any faith inside of you except if it comes by the word of God. Romans 10, I believe it's 17, said faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. You don't get faith. And I tell you, that's one thing that really shocked me about, I guess it's about two years ago. I, I was, uh, I was meditating on the scripture. I may have even had my iPod in listening to my Bible, but, uh, it come to my spirit and, and it said, and Abraham believed God. And man, I was laying there on a the bed and I, I stood up in the middle of the room and I looked at God. I said, how did Abraham believe God? I said, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word. I said, Abraham didn't have nobody to preach to him. How did Abraham believe God? And then I began to search and I found a scripture where it says, And God preached the gospel unto Abraham. And when God preached the gospel unto Abraham, Abraham believed God. I said, Abraham believed God. Hallelujah. Glory. You don't have to understand God. All you got to do is believe him. Amen. People try to understand God. They try to figure God out. Man, I ain't trying to figure Him out. I'm just trying to figure out how to believe Him. Hallelujah. And believe that what He said, He'll do it. Cause you know your old carnal mind's gonna doubt. You give it a little bit, it's gonna doubt. They don't even doubt God. Hallelujah. He made us. Now, boy, I've said for years, if God made you, He knows how to fix you. I don't care what's wrong with you. I don't care what's wrong with you. Hallelujah. From Acts, the fourth chapter. And I tell you all to go there. Sometimes I get excited and I forget where I'm at. But I'm at the eighth verse in Acts, chapter four. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of of the people, elders of Israel... If we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole. You know, some people read that word, they're impotent, and they, they, they read it important. No, he wasn't important. He was crippled. He was impotent. Had no strength in his body. So, we ain't preaching to the important people tonight. Hallelujah. And some of y'all are going to smile in a minute. It's alright, you can smile in church. Hallelujah. If we this day be examined of the good deed done to this impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead even by him, does this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I preached a message back in 99. I think I, was in, I think I was in Sylvania. Had a tent revival over there. And I preached a message one night. And I said, I'm one of God's ignorant and unlearned. I said, but one thing about it. I said, people are going to take knowledge of me because I've been with Jesus. I said they're gonna take knowledge of me. I may say "maters" instead of "tomatoes," and I may say "taters" instead of "potatoes." And I, my wife tell me, used to tell me all the time, said, "Don't use double negatives." Some of you know what I'm talking about, you. No good English grammar You ain't supposed to use two negative words in a sentence And sometimes I'm preaching And I'll string my negatives together But one thing about it Praise God when I get through preaching The people that got faith in their heart And believe God will give them a miracle I I said He'll heal their body He'll deliver their soul He'll set their spirit free Praise God I might not have a bunch of degrees On my wall That I went to this school of divinity Or this school of theology Or this seminary But my God I have prayed and fasted And sought God And the word of God has been revealed in me And somewhere Hallelujah you're going to take knowledge That I've been with Jesus Because he lives in here I said he lives in Does Jesus live in you? Anybody got the Holy Ghost? You got the Holy Ghost? Then Christ lives in you You got a measure of him in you Amen? Amen if you got him in you, y'all you preach like he preached, walk like he walked, talk like he talked, and do what he done. Amen. So you believe that? Yeah, I believe it. And I've been practicing it for 39 years. Think I'm fixing to get it right. Hallelujah. Galatians, first chapter. I ain't going to read over 12 or 15 more chapters and I'll preach to you. Galatians, first chapter, 15th verse. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb, and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me. But I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. Then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him fifteen days. But other of the apostles saw I none save James the Lord's brother. I'm going to drop down to the uh, second chapter and the first verse. Then fourteen years after I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me also. And I went up by revelation and communicated unto them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to them which were of reputation, lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. Would you close your eyes and go to prayer with me? And let's ask God to bless the reading of His Word. Father, I thank You for Your Word. Lord, I ask You to bless it. And let it be, Father, that every heart in here that's hungry, every soul that's thirsty, every spirit, God, that's desiring You tonight, Lord, fill them. Fill them to the fullness, God. Fill them to the uttermost. Lord, let Your name be honored. And praised and glorified, I give you honor, and I give you praise, and I give you glory. And I ask that every eye see, and every ear hear, and every heart understand what the Spirit is speaking in Jesus' holy name. Now I'm going to talk to you for a few minutes tonight, and I'm going to title this, The Gospel of Separation. I said the gospel of separation. There's something in me tonight that I am hungry for God. I mean I am hungry for something in God that I ain't found in 39 years. I was raised... uh, When I was born, my dad was a Pentecostal preacher. A man of prayer, a man of fasting. There's my mom sitting right there... uh, right at 86 years old. She got the Holy Ghost in 1948. And she's seen all manner of miracles. I, I mean, when we were kids and we got sick, mom and daddy didn't rush us to the doctor. They, they laid hands on us and prayed for us. And God healed measles, mumps, flu, pneumonia, chicken pox, broke bones, you name it. God healed it. And if they couldn't get the job done, they'd... I called the saints and the saints had come get in the living room and they'd bombard heaven till God moved. I was raised with faith. I was raised believing God. First time I ever seen a doctor was in 1970 when Uncle Sam called me into the army. It's the first time I ever had a physical from a doctor. Say, are you against doctors? No. I just know what Jesus will do. I ain't against doctors. I tell people, if you ain't got faith in God, you better find you a good doctor. But if you got faith in God, you hold on to Him. And I said, God will come through for you. I ain't had God fail me since I was a little boy. Any, any sickness, any disease, any circumstance, any situation, I, God has always come through for. And I was raised I, as a boy five and six and seven years old. I, I was raised under the tents of Oral Roberts. I, and raised under the tents of men like A. a. Allen I, and her preachers like Jack Cohen, William Brandon I, that preached to 10 and 15 I, and 20,000 in the night I, and people come out of weird chairs off of crutches I, got off sick beds dying with cancer I, and it ingrained something in me I, it put a faith in me I, it put a hunger for God in me I, and I'm seeking God I, for something that I ain't got a hold of yet I, but I am tell you I'm getting close I, I'm getting close to something in God I, and the people that are hungry for God I, they're getting close I, to something in God that they had never had I, but this God that I preach, and it'll separate you from a lot of things. It will, it'll separate you. I'm gonna read a verse of scripture to y'all in Philippians, the third chapter. Don't ask me where I'm going with this. I'm just letting, just letting God have His way. Amen. I said, I'm just letting God have His way. So I'm gonna tell you something, Jesus. You know, everybody said, Well, well, Jesus never offended anybody. Let me tell you something, John the sixth chapter, when Jesus said what he said, he said many got offended in him, said it was a hard saying, and walked away from him and didn't follow him no more. And he turned and looked at the twelve, said, Y'all want to go too? Y'all want to go too? Peter said, no sir. He said, you've got the words of eternal life. We're holding on to this. So Jesus preached a word that separated. And there's coming a separation of the men from the boys. There's coming a separation, you hear me? Of people that really want God and people that just want good church. I've had good church for 50 something years. I ain't interested in good church. I want the move of God. I want an outpouring. I want to." Deliverance move of the Holy Ghost. It's going to bring back a church that I read about in the book of Acts. I want to define visitation to baptize God's people in the Holy Ghost and tongues of fire. Hallelujah. We're getting close to it. But everybody don't want it. Everybody don't want it. There's a lot of people satisfied just good church. Man, they come out of that song years ago, crank up the music, let's have church. I hate that thing. Crank up the music. Let's have church. You ain't having church when you crank up the music. You're just getting people emotional. You're just getting people excited. I'm going to tell you, you get to shouting and praising God, the Spirit of God will come in to a certain extent because God said, I inhabit the praises of my people. But I'm going to tell you, they ain't they, been very many people saved, delivered, or healed just because people got excited. It takes the power of God. It takes the living Word of God. Amen. I said, it takes the living Word of God. Hallelujah. And God spoke something into my spirit in 2006. And I've been chasing it for almost five years and I'm fixing to get it. I said, I'm fixing to get it. Hallelujah. Because it ain't getting away from me. And I'm Philippians, the third chapter. And I'm just going to read verse 10 and maybe verse 11. This is Paul. Paul said that I may know him. Paul was looking for a relationship with Jesus. He wasn't looking for religion. He was looking for intimacy. He was looking for a place that he could become one with Jesus. Amen. He said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. That's what this is what Paul's talking about. And then he goes on and says, If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Hallelujah. Glory. Now I'm going over to Romans the eighth chapter, and the reason I'm going there, I'm going to tell you before I get there, because I might lose some of you right here. I said I might lose some of you right here, but I'm going to Romans the eighth chapter. Let me get my scripture. Hallelujah. Because some of you, you ain't going to follow with me if I don't have the, don't have the word I'm looking for. Got it right here. Now, What I'm after. Y'all listening to me? What I'm after ain't what people call the Holy Ghost now. I believe the Holy Ghost that I'm searching for is the power of the resurrected Christ that dwelt in Jesus after He was raised from the dead. That's what I'm looking for. And I ain't seen that revealed in this generation. I, I, I've seen people talk in tongues. I, I've seen them prophesy. I, I've seen them used to the gifts. I, and yeah, I've seen a few healings. I, but I have not seen the resurrected life I, of Jesus Christ I, revealed in people in our generation. I, and Romans 8 and 11 says this. I, you look at it. I, yeah, hallelujah. This is why I believe this. Because it says, but if the Spirit of Him uh, that raised Jesus from the dead, uh, are you listening to me? Uh, If that resurrected power uh, that brought Jesus from the dead uh, dwell in uh, you. That word dwell means to abide. Uh, It don't mean come on you every now and then. Uh, It don't mean come on you in church. Uh, That's just shouting, talking tongues. Uh, It means it moves in and it lives here. Uh, It moves in and lives here, uh, if it dwell in you, uh, it shall what? Uh, quicken. Uh, it's going to make alive uh, these old mortal bodies. Uh, by what? Uh, by the Spirit. Uh, oh, hallelujah. Did it right. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, I'll give you something to ponder on. It says, "It's the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead." In the first part, dwell in you He that raised up Christ. That's the anointing. He that raised up Christ. Ooh, I didn't stirred something up now. Ain't I? He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. That's what Paul was searching for. He said, I want to know Him. I want to come to that place that the power of His resurrection lives in me. He said, it's going to take suffering with Him. It's going to take being made conformable unto His death and being in the fellowship of His sufferings. But he said in another place in Romans 8 that the sufferings of this present time, are not worthy uh, to be compared uh, with the glory uh, which shall be revealed uh, in us. Uh, if you suffer with Him, uh, you're going to reign with Him. Uh, up there? No. Down here. Uh, down here. Uh, down here. Uh, down here. Uh, we're going to rule and reign uh, as kings and priests. Uh, we've been predestined to it. Hallelujah. I So we've been predestined to it. Somewhere, what Peter saw. Peter saw a holy nation. He saw a royal priesthood. He saw a chosen generation. Do y'all not believe what the Bible said that the glory of the latter house shall be greater than that of the former? Well, who's the latter house? Who's the latter house? We are hallelujah man the glory come down when Solomon dedicated the temple the fire come on the altar the presence and the smoke filled the temple and it drove them out of the temple they couldn't even stay in the presence of God and he said a greater glory than that it's going to live right here It's going well brother matter I know when I go to heaven you you ain't going to need it up there you ain't going to need it up there you got to have something down here. Every time you talk to God's people, how are you doing, all just fighting the devil. What are y'all doing fighting something Jesus has already whipped? <laughs> what are y'all fighting something Jesus has already whipped for? Did He not whip Him? Did He not triumph over Him openly? Did He not make a show of Him and triumph openly over Him? take authority and dominion and stood there and said I have the keys of hell and death hallelujah is that what he said he said I have the keys of hell and death the grave couldn't hold Him. Death couldn't hold Him. Hell couldn't stop Him. Hallelujah. He's the resurrection and the life. Hallelujah. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And He said, If you will eat My flesh and drink My blood, He said, That that liveth in Me shall live in you. He said, As I live by the Father, So he that eateth My flesh and drinketh My blood, He shall live by Me. And we said, that there a, whoa, wait a minute now. Man, this is a hard saying. Many got offended at Him. Many got offended at Him. It wasn't just people listening to Him preach. It was His disciples. It might have been them 70 over in Luke 10 that He gave them power to cast out devils. And they come back rejoicing. They might have reached that place of separation. They might have reached that place that they had to pay a, a price. Salvation's free. Salvation don't cost you nothing. But you're going to walk with Jesus. You're going to walk with Him in power and authority and dominion. It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. You know, everybody, they'll get in church and they'll sing, Oh, to be like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. And then you open the book of Isaiah over and says he was a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. (laughs) Who wants to be like Jesus when he was a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief, and rejected of men? (laughs) Well makes you makes you rethink things, don't it? Makes you rethink things. You want, brother, matter. I want to be just like Jesus, really. Did you know he was a lonely man? Did you know he was a man of sorrow? Did you know he was acquainted with grief? Did you know he came unto his very own people and his very own people received him not but rejected him? He is despised and rejected of men. And everybody thinks the world's just going to accept true Christians with open arms. No, he said if they called the master of the house Beelzebub. What are they going to say about you? Bible said, woe be unto you when all men speak well of you. We got any believers in here tonight? (laughs) We got anybody in here tonight that really, I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. Amen. And I got a hold of a little end of something that's great big, and I want to possess this thing. I don't want to just know it. I don't want to just understand it. I want to live it. I want to possess it. I don't want just His miracles. I don't want just His power. I want His love. I want His forgiveness. I want His tenderness. I want His kind-heartedness. I want His mercy. I want His compassion. I want His nature. Peter said we can be made a partaker of His divine nature. Hallelujah. I want to be like Him. I want to be like Him. But I found out the more I want to be like Him, the more it separates me. More it separates me. I was was talking to my wife last night, and I said, When you hear a word that calls for a separation and you don't make a choice, you've made a choice. When a word really calls for a separation and you don't make a choice, you've made a choice. You understand what I'm saying? You've made a choice. When he looked at Peter and them and said, Y'all want to also go away? They had to make a choice. Because if they hadn't made a choice, they'd have made a choice. And they'd have walked away. I don't want to walk away. I don't want to walk away. Hallelujah. I've gave up too much for the Gospel. Amen. I've gave up too much for the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And I believe in Him. I said, I believe in Him. Hallelujah. I'm after Christ to live in me. Take His abode in me. I want this Holy Ghost. Amen. Not this little tongue talking. Now, y'all don't get offended. I believe in tongues. I believe in the gifts. But man, people, they claim the Holy Ghost. They ain't got power over nothing. And y'all know what I'm talking about. I mean, everything that comes up, people go to pieces how can you have the resurrected life of Christ living on the inside of you and let the devil stand up against you and go to pieces Woo! makes you think don't it I said makes you think don't it Paul wrote I think it was in Romans the first chapter he said Look, let me get it I think I got it marked here See where I'm at. I won't give y'all too much word. But yeah, Romans the first chapter, first verse. Paul said, Paul said, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of Christ. You go back to Philippians, Paul said, man, he said, I, he said everything I counted gain, when Christ came in my life, he said, I counted it lost. He said everything that I thought was gain in this life, he said I counted it loss. He said I looked at it but dung that I might win Christ. I want to win Christ tonight. I want to win Christ tonight. I want to win Christ tonight. But I'm going to tell you something. This don't endear you to people. This don't make people like you. Hallelujah! And it's not it's not the the, the sinners in the world out there that don't like you. It's generally religious spirits that you stir up. I said it's generally religious spirits that you stir up. It wasn't the sinners that put Jesus on the cross. It was the religious spirits it was the rulers of the day that put him on the cross but they didn't know that when they had done it hallelujah they were just fulfilling God's word if Satan had known what was going to happen he would have never crucified the Lord of glory and I come to you tonight and I saved to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified I didn't come to you with great swelling words and and speech or great swelling words uh, of men's wisdom uh, but I came to you in the demonstration uh, of the Spirit uh, and the power of God uh, that your faith uh, might not stand in the wisdom of men uh, but in the power uh, of Almighty God uh, for the kingdom of God is not in word uh, but in power this is a gospel of power amen it's a gospel of power and I'm gonna tell you something, it's on its way back. It's on its way back. Everything swung to the y'all pardon me, but everything swung just about to entertainment now. People go to church to be entertained. I'm not looking for entertainment. I'm looking for a resurrected Christ to come and take us abode right here and live in me. And I don't want him just to move in the church. Do you know people, uh, the majority of the people only want God to move in church. Man, I don't want him to move in church. Jesus healed him in the streets. He healed him in the marketplace. Amen. He healed him in people's houses. Let me tell you something, what I got living in me, it works everywhere. It works everywhere. It don't just work in church. It works everywhere. Hallelujah. I prayed for them in restaurants. I prayed for them in the grocery store. I prayed for them in parking lots. Amen. Amen. Why? Because the majority of the apostles' ministry and Jesus' ministry was in the streets. People that really, really, really need God. A lot of times you ain't going to get them to church. You ain't going to get them to church. Any of y'all ever done what we call witnessing? <laughs> Have you? You ever just start talking to somebody about the Lord? The Lord just drew you to them. You start talking to them about the Lord and they'd break and they'd start crying. Any of y'all ever had that happen? Just witnessing folks and they're crying, they're just bawling, their spirit's broken, they're, right, they're ready to receive salvation and deliverance, and next thing you tell them, come church. You lose them right there. You lose them right there. You lose them right there. If you would right there, let the authority of the Holy Ghost stand up in you and prayed the prayer of faithful and prayed the prayer of salvation. It ain't you. It's the Spirit of God in you. It ain't you. It's the Spirit of God in you. It ain't you. It's you being yielded to the working of the Holy Ghost. Just like Sister Gail's mama. How old's your mama? 83, eighty-four? Eighty-four? And and here just a, uh, uh, about a month ago she prayed for a, a good friend of hers that that had cancer, eat up with cancer and she just took her by the hand and prayed a simple prayer for her because sister Gail's mama came to me in 96 when I was still evangelizing she called me on the phone. I've known sister Gail for 35 years and known her mama as long and she called me on the phone in 96 and said, Brother of, the doctors told me that I was dying with leukemia and I'd be dead in three months. And I said, Sister Gordon, I'm gonna be in a revival uh, not too far out of Fort Payne in just a couple of weeks, you'll be there. And they said, While I was preaching, I don't remember it, but while I was preaching, I walked up to her and I looked at her and I said, Sister Gordon, you gotta believe God or you gotta believe the doctors. You can't believe both you got to believe one or the other. you either got to believe by the stripes of Jesus you're healed and take God at His word or you're, going to have to, or you're going to have to put your hands in the doctors and let them do whatever they can do for you. She said, I want God to heal me. I prayed for her that night. The Spirit of God went into her and God healed that woman. She went back to the doctor and the doctor sat there and scratched his head and looked at her and said, well, Miss Gordon, I, said, I just I just want to tell you. I said, we don't know what happened, but your cancer's gone. She said, uh, He said, it's gone. She said, really? He said, yeah, but we want you to take the chemotherapy anyway. She said, now let me get this straight. You can't find my cancer, but you want me to take chemotherapy anyhow. He said, that's right. We know it's in there somewhere. We just can't find it. She said, no, it's not in there. She said, God, heal me. I said, a preacher prayed the prayer for pay For me, and God healed me. He healed me. And she said, I ain't taking no radiation, I ain't taking no chemotherapy. And she got up and walked out. And she walked out. He said, You'll be back in six months begging me to give you something for pain. That was 1996. She's still alive today. She's still alive today. Ain't had the first cancer operation. Ain't had the first chemotherapy. Ain't had the first radiation treatment. And she just prayed for a woman the other day that had cancer and just took her by the hand and prayed a simple prayer of faith for her. And God healed the woman. Woman went back to the doctrine. Her cancer was gone. We ought to be ashamed of ourselves. The knowledge of the, cause see, it ain't you. It ain't you. It ain't you. It ain't you. It's believing. It's believing. It's believing. It's believing that Jesus Christ has paid the price and He lives in here. And if you... Does anybody know what righteousness means? Righteousness means being in right standing with God. If you have the earnest, which is what the Bible says we have of the Holy Ghost a measure. If you have the earnest of the Holy Ghost and you are in right standing with God, what is to prevent God from flowing through you and healing and delivering people when you pray? Does anybody believe God answers prayer? Do you believe He answers prayer? Then if He'll answer a prayer to save a sinner, why won't He answer a prayer to heal the sick? Amen. Man, we get all excited. We'll pray for God to to wash away people's sins. And we'll pray fervently. But when it comes to praying for God to heal somebody, we'll stumble all over our words. You know why? Because we try to do it in ourselves. You can't forgive sin and you can't heal nobody. It's all Him. It's all Him. It's all Him. Amen. But God has put a gift in my life. He's put an anointing in my life. And I have exercised this gift. Uh, What did we meet in 81? We met in 81 and she'll tell you, uh, I was out there, just a young preacher on the field in 1981. Didn't have a whole lot of anything. Had no an old beat up pickup truck, and old ragged tent. And didn't ha- hardly have any help preaching tent revivals on a tent. might see 50, 75 people. But uh, hadn't been on the field probably two or three years full time. But I was out there preaching. I was fasting and praying and seeking God. And God was working miracles. When she come to my meeting, God was working miracles. When we met in 81. Why? Because I separated myself and got in prayer and fasting and study of the Word and started seeking God and started preaching Jesus and it drew people. It drew people. Everybody wants to preach all these great revelations. My God just preached Jesus Christ and in crucified. Just preach Jesus Christ and in crucified and tell people what Jesus will do for them and He'll help people. He'll help people. He'll help people. He'll help people. What happens is, is people want to preach some great revelation have say, Boy, that preacher can really preach. I don't care whether you can preach or not. Have you got deliverance to help the people? Have you got deliverance to help the people? Do you have something in your life? Do you have something in your soul? Do you have compassion? Do you have mercy? Do you have tenderness? And do you want to see God move and save souls and heal people that the devil has attacked? If you do, preach Jesus. Because the Bible said Jesus made of himself no reputation. He didn't make of himself a reputation, but he humbled himself. He humbled himself. Came in the form of a servant. He didn't come down here as the King of glory. He came in the form of a servant. Humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Amen. He humbled himself. Took on the form of a servant. Come down here as a man. When he was facing the cross, and Peter took that sword and cut that man's ear off. And I'm going to tell you something, Peter wasn't aiming for his ear. Peter meant cut his head off. That old boy just moved, and Peter got his ear. But I'm gonna tell you, if I'd have been out there with him, and Jesus reached down and took that old bloody ear and put it back on that man, and healed him, I think I'd have went the other way. <laughs> I think I'd have left that man alone. Amen. But Peter, Jesus looked at Peter. He said, "Peter, he said, put up your sword." He said, "Don't you think I can now pray to my Father, and He'll send ten legions of angels?" To rescue me if I need rescue it? He said, well, what am I going to say? He said, for this hour I came into the world, this is what I was born for. And now that I'm going to drink this cup, what do you want me to do? Turn away from this? He said, no, put up your sword and let God's will be done. Let God's will be done. God needs somebody to submit their self to Him and say, Father, not my will, but Thine be done. Because when you walk outside these church doors... People are bound by alcohol. They're bound by drugs. They're bound by forces. They're bound by spirits. They're bound by depression. They're bound by discouragement. They're eat up with sickness. They're eat up with disease. And I'm talking about a lot of them uh, claim to know God. uh, But they can't find what they're looking for. Uh, Why? The church has left the power of God uh, and went to form a religion. Uh, You ain't never going to find the working uh, power and deliverance power of God. In formal religion, because when you're trying to organize God and get God to do what you want Him to, He's leaving and go go find somebody that'll throw their hands up and say, "Father, not my will, but thine be done." Here I am, use me, use me, Amen. And Paul said, "The gospel that I've been called to, it'll separate you." it will separate you. It will separate you. When I preached, started preaching in 2006 about this power of His resurrection, it separated me for some folks. When I started telling people the Holy Ghost that I was seeking for was the resurrected life of Christ that moved into Him after the resurrection. I said, I ain't looking to be like Jesus as He was before He died. I'm looking to be like Him After his resurrection. That separated me. That separated me from some folks. But I walked it out. Hallelujah. I walked it out. And I'm still, hallelujah, seeking for it. Still searching for it. Got my eyes on the mark. That's the mark Paul said. He said, "I got my." He said, "I got my eyes on the mark." What mark was he pressing for? Of God in Christ Jesus and Christ in Him. He said, "This is what I'm looking for. I've got my eyes on the prize and on the mark. Got my eyes on that prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And if God uh, God lives in Christ and Christ lives in me, we got the whole package." Amen. But when people really come up against obstacles, they don't have the power to get through them. They don't have the strength to get through them. They don't have the wisdom to get through them. The Bible said we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. Through Him that loved us. There's not a circumstance or situation if you're a child of God That God won't bring you through and make you an overcomer. Because when you give your heart and your life to God, you belong to Him. And anything, y'all listening to me? Anything that comes your way has to come by Him first. And He's got to give it permission. He's got to give it permission. He's got to give it permission. The devil can't touch you. That's God gives him permission. Y'all listening to me? The Devil can't touch you. That's God gives him permission. Well, I'm just fighting the devil, brother. The devil's attacked me. The devil's attacked you, towards giving him permission. Because he wants to work something in you. He wants to work something in you. You know why? I, I grew up believing everything bad happened to you was the devil. But I, when I started preaching the gospel, I found out, God lets your faith be tried. God will put you through situations. God will put you through circumstances. God will cause things to happen to see if you're going to serve Him in the good times and in the bad. What did Job say? Man, y'all think we've been through? We ain't been through no suffering what Job went through. I mean, man, man, Job got words word. Said, uh, one of his servants come running in and said, said, uh, Job said, "A strong wind came, blew the house down where all your sons and daughters are. All your kids are dead." Time he got through speaking, another servant run in said, "Said we were out there taking care of your camels, and this group of men come run all your camels." All the time he got through speaking, another one come in and said, "All your goats are gone, all your sheep are gone, all your cattle's gone." Every, I mean, all this stuff hit Job in one day. And the Bible said, "Job, sin not with his lips." sat down and his grief was so great that he said, The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And he stood in his integrity. He stood in his integrity. He stood in his integrity. And he walked through his trial. And God turned things for him and rewarded him double. Rewarded him double, gave him twice as many sons and daughters, twice as much wealth. Why? Job stood faithful. Job stood faithful. Paul said, I glory in my tribulations. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even need to go there. Because <laughs> people don't glory in their tribulations. They complain. They complain. Amen? Amen. People complain in their tribulations. Let me tell you something. I know that whatever God sends my way is to work something in me and there's something greater in God going to be revealed in me if I can walk out my trial and walk out how God's tested me and proven me. I want God to try me. You hear me? I want God. My prayer here lately has been, God, prove me. Try the reins of my heart. Because I want to serve I don't. I don't want to come up on something out there that's going to move me and cause me to deny Jesus. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to be faced with that. I want victory over it. I want victory in my spirit over it before I ever face it. And I want whatever's in me that's weak, I want it purged out of me. I want it purged out of me. Because I see a world out there Dying. For a delivering, healing, loving, merciful, compassionate Christ. There's a world out there dying. You ain't going to get them with good preaching. You ain't going to get them with good preaching. There's going to have to be deliverance. There's going to have to be deliverance. You know what drew people to Jesus? Miracles. 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 That's what caused them to come. They came from everywhere when they heard somebody was working miracles, the blind was seeing, the deaf was hearing, the dumb was talking, the lame was walking, all manner, the lepers were being cleansed, the dead was being raised, they came from everywhere. They came from everywhere. We are so close to that kind of move of God. We are so close to that kind of visitation. But who's going to say, Lord, here I am. Here I am. I want this. Because you know what it's going to do? It's going to cost you friends. It's going to cost you family. It's going to cost you loved ones. It's going to cost you your life. Did you know that Jesus said, if a man loses life for my sake, he's going to find life. But if he finds life, he's going to lose the real life. That's why I said some people just want good church. Some people want God partway. I want all of you. And this ain't for everybody. It ain't for everybody. But I've been chasing this thing 39 years. The last five, hard. Because I know we're close to something. I know we're close to something. The closer we get to it, the harder the devil's going to fight. The closer we get to a visitation and a move of God, the more trouble the devil's going to stir up. He's going to stir up trouble in your life. He's going to get it where you can't pray. He's going to try to get you where you can't study. He's going to try to get you where you don't have faith to believe God. You're going to have so much trouble in your life, the devil's going to get your attention focused on your problems, get your mind off of God. And if you ain't careful, He'll mess you up. He will mess you up. Why? He knows if He can get you to lose your focus, He can stop you from possessing what God's got for you. My focus is exactly what Jesus said. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these other things you need, the Gentiles war and fight for and desire to have, he said, I'll give them to you. Is that what the Word says? He says, seek ye first. The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God. Now those of y'all don't know the difference between heaven and the kingdom of heaven, there's a difference. There's a difference. The kingdom of heaven is the fullness of God living in here. The fullness of God lived in Jesus. The kingdom of heaven is the fullness of God living in us. Heaven is it's where the saved are going to go. There's a lot of people going to go to heaven that don't even know what the kingdom of heaven is all about. There's a lot of people that don't have any desire any understanding of the kingdom of heaven. They'll live a good life. They'll go to church. They'll love God. They'll die and go to heaven. Me, I'm destined for the kingdom of heaven to be revealed in me. That's what I'm hungry for. That's what I'm fighting for. That's what I'm seeking for. That's what God told me I could have. And I'm not going to let up till I get it. But it's a separation gospel. Amen? It's a separation gospel. It's a separation gospel. It almost cost me my family. It almost cost me my wife and my kids. I got so driven to win souls. and To seek the face of God. And to just... Because I didn't have no instruction, didn't have no preachers to teach me, how to balance my personal life in the ministry, that I stayed gone, day after day after day, week after week, month after month. I'd be home. My wife would tell you most time I was home five or six days a month. You can't have a family and raise three kids and not be there for them. See, I didn't know that. Nobody told me. I got focused on winning souls. I got focused on deliverance and healing, and fasting and prayer. I got focused on missions. I'd go to India 30 and 40 days at a time and see God do great miracles over there, preach 20, 30, 40, 50,000, and see people saved by the thousands. See, I didn't have that balance. That's I told you, ministers in this church, I'll teach you a balance. Don't make the mistakes I made. Because God's taught me. Amen. Amen. God had mercy on me and gave me my son back. He's restoring my daughters. Because my son, I mean, my son was little. He loved his daddy. But I was gone so much. It put a hatred in him for the ministry. It put a hatred in him for God. It put a hatred in him for me. And y'all have heard him testify. He said, I hated God, I hated the ministry, and I hated my daddy because God in the ministry took my daddy away from me. He said, I loved my daddy when I was little. He said, but my daddy was gone so much. He put a hatred in him. In and the devil almost got him. But God's turned him. Two years ago, he was going to college, becoming an alcoholic, devil driving him. But God, through prayer, seeking the face of God, and standing in the gap, God saved him, turned him, set him on fire. He's now fasting and praying, starting to preach the gospel. Hallelujah, he'll be here tomorrow. And God was merciful. See, it wasn't nothing I'd done. It wasn't nothing I'd done. But this is a separation gospel. And people don't understand. You don't get what it takes to help people. You can't. Walk with the world hand in hand. You gotta separate yourself. Amen. You gotta separate yourself. You gotta separate yourself. A lot of churches today just everything everything goes. Everything goes. I believe in family. I believe you can have a good time with your family. You enjoy life. But I believe you've got to stay out of the world. Amen. I believe you've got to separate yourself from the things of the world that pollute your spirit. Do you love Jesus tonight? Do you love Jesus tonight? Give Him a great big old praise. Hallelujah. I think I've covered a good portion of my scriptures tonight. You see. Be sure I've got everything I wanted to bring out to you. Yeah, I think I've pretty well covered it. But. You're going to see as we go into this move of God. Because I'm telling you, this thing's on us. It's outpouring the Holy Ghost like the day of Pentecost, like the book of Acts. It's on us. And it's going to make a difference in this generation. It's going to make a difference. When you pull up the post office, Somebody standing in front of the post office preaching Jesus. You see a man get out of his car on crutches in a wheelchair. And somebody walks over to him and looks at him. He says, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. You're going to know God's visited. You're going to know God's visited. And return to His people. And return to this generation. And I'm telling you, we're close. We're close. We're close. You got a generation right now that y'all know a lot of people in their twenties and thirties ain't never been to church, ain't never been. We got a generation don't even know, don't even know God. I'm talking about right here in America. They know of God, they know God afar off. See, I consider myself blessed. I was raised in a home where my mom and daddy were praying people. My daddy was a man of prayer and fast and preach, had great miracles. I was raised with a faith in God. I know what the power of God is. There's a lot of people who never felt the power of God. They don't know it exists. They don't know it's real. They don't know God can work a miracle. They don't know that God can put back together shattered lives. I had a man tell me one time. He said, oh preacher, he said, I've come too far for God to do anything for me. I said, yeah, you and the devil both are a liar. (laughs) And that got his attention. I mean, he's a great big man. I had my first tent revival in Rome, Georgia in 1978. And I used to walk the grounds all night and pray. Didn't have a travel trailer. Slep on, slept on the ground the first few nights and slept on an army cot under the tent. What a little bit of sleep? And I had a, a sergeant of the Rome Police Department. Would come on the lot about 1 2 o'clock every morning, he'd circle the tent and shine a spotlight on the tent. If he didn't see me, he'd stop and come find me because he wanted to know everything was all right. And then this guy driving a taxi cab got to stopping. Great big man, stood about six seven, six eight, And he was the one I was talking to about 3 o'clock one morning. And he said, Preacher, he said, I've gone too far. I said, He, he said, God can't do nothing for me. I just looked up at him and I said, Man. I said, devil's lying to you. I said, you and the devil both are a liar. I said, you don't go too far. God can't get you. I said, if you want God to help you, I said, God will help you. He said, will you pray for me? I reached up on my tiptoes and put my hand on his head and started praying for him. And the Spirit of God staggered him. I thought he was going to fall on the ground. And I prayed the prayer of salvation for him. God touched his life. And I got to notice him. When I was preaching under the tent, he'd pull his cab up out there. He couldn't come to the meeting because he worked night shift, but he'd pull his cab up out there and start listening. You know why? He found something real. All people are looking for, they ain't looking for religion. They're looking for a real Jesus. They're looking for a real gospel. We've had religion for years. It ain't helped people. We need Jesus. Amen. Amen. We need Jesus. We need Jesus Christ Him crucified. Amen. Amen. We need Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I appreciate the Lord tonight. And I'm going to uh, take a few moments here and pray for those of you that are sick in body. And I won't tell you before I start praying for you. There ain't nothing in that hand that will give you a miracle. There ain't nothing in that hand. There's a faith and a gift of God in here. That God's placed in here. I don't use the gift. It uses me. Y'all understand what I'm talking about? I can pray for you. If you don't believe, ain't nothing going to happen. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you believe in His stripes, you believe in His blood, You believe that He's paid the price to save you and heal you. It'll happen. The Bible said the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise them up. Ain't nothing in that hand. There's a faith in that heart. There's a faith in that heart. There's a gift there that God put there. I didn't put it there. But I was telling my wife last night, I said I knew when I was seven years old I knew that I was chosen of God to preach the gospel. I said, I didn't want to do anything else. I didn't want to be a fireman, a policeman, an astronaut. I didn't want to do none of them things. I wanted to preach Jesus. I went to the big tent revivals and preachers preaching to 15,000, 20,000 people. And i seen them preach Jesus. I've seen folks get saved. I've seen people come off cancer. I mean, beds die with cancer. I was in Atlanta, Georgia one night, and I don't know how many of y'all ever heard of Everybody's heard of Will Roberts. Any of y'all ever heard of A.A. Allen? That man was an alcoholic. God saved him. Made one of the greatest deliverance preachers out of him. But I was in Atlanta, Georgia one night on the fairgrounds. Now when they had revivals back then, they didn't have no three-night revivals. They had three- and four-week revivals. And we'd go to revival every night. I mean, every night. We lived over in Beaufort, Georgia, and we'd drive downtown Atlanta to the fairgrounds every night. Get in at one thirty and 2 o'clock in the morning. Mom and Daddy had to get up and go to work. Come back in next night. We headed to meeting. I mean, for five and six weeks at a time, we was at meeting. And they rolled a man in on his deathbed, dying with cancer. I'll never forget this. Could not eat solid food, had not eaten solid food in weeks. man was skin and bone, down with cancer. And Brother Allen, asked one of the preachers on the platform. he said, "Somebody give me a dollar bill." One of the preachers handed him a dollar bill, and they had a, a, a vendor out there on the fairgrounds that sold drinks and you know and, and he sold hot dogs. And Brother Allen sent somebody out there and got that man three hot dogs. I said, I'm going to pray the prayer of faith for you and God's going to heal you. I said, I want you to eat them hot dogs. He prayed the prayer of faith for him. That man ate three hot dogs and wanted some more. Hadn't eat solid food in months. Hurt. Eat up with pain. Could not. His digestive system eat up with cancer. But God healed that man. He got off that sick bed. That's the kind of miracles I've seen. I want to see it again. I want to see it again. But everywhere I took my tents and everywhere I preached in India or the Philippines or Central or South America, across Canada, I saw these kind of miracles. I saw these kind of miracles. I boasted. I sought God in prayer and fasting. And I believed what the Word said. It said, this kind goeth not out but my prayer and fasting. And I believed that the Lord gave me power over sickness and over disease. I believed that. You can't believe in Brother Matter. you got to believe in Jesus. you got to believe in Jesus. Amen. you got to believe in Jesus. Because He's one paid for you. Healing belongs to you. Did you all know that? Healing belongs to you. When that woman in Matthew 15, I believe it was, came out of the coast of Syrophoenicia, she was a Gentile. Did you all know Jesus wasn't sent to the Gentiles? He was not sent to the Gentiles. He said in one place, I'm sent to no one but the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's all Jesus came to minister to. But when that Gentile woman came out of them coast and started screaming at Him about her daughter that was possessed with a devil, He looked at her and said, Woman, I cannot take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. So healing is the children's bread. She said, Lord... She said, Next time you start breaking bread, she said, This old dog's gonna get down under the table and said, I don't need a slice, I don't need a half a slice, I don't need a piece. Said, just let some of the crumbs fall through them cracks, and this old Gentile dog gonna lick them up. And Jesus looked at her and said, Woman, He said, Great is thy faith. He said, For this sake. The devil has gone out of thy daughter. He said, go thy way. Thy faith. Her faith. Her faith. It's you believing that Jesus Christ has bore the stripes for you. Has died on Calvary to save your healing. See, I don't make no difference between salvation and divine healing. I don't think you can separate them myself. I don't believe you can separate them. I believe when He paid for one, He paid for them all. Amen? Because the word salvation, if you're sick in your body, I want you to come on, come up here. I'm going to pray the prayer of faith for you. Just come up here and stand. I'm going to anoint you with oil. Because I believe the Bible said, anoint with oil. But the word salvation comes from the word sozo. And that word means healing. That word, Salvation means healing for the soul, the mind, and the body. It means healing for the soul, for the mind, and for the body. Show me somewhere that Jesus healed somebody and left him a sinner. Or saved somebody and left him sick. Everybody Jesus ministered to, they got saved and healed. Is that right? He didn't heal them and leave them sinners. And He didn't save them and leave them sick. Amen. He made them whole. He made them whole. He made them whole. Jesus has come to make you whole. In your soul, in your mind, and in your body. Amen. Amen. Sister May, you still having trouble out of that arm? You want me to pray? Come on up here. I know she texted me the other day and I've been praying for her. And don't be afraid. I just simply believe what the Bible says. It says, You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And what do you do to it? Hitchy thumb. Wouldn't it bend it back? I got a good doctor. (laughs) I got a good doctor. I'll only point you to one doctor and I'll only prescribe to you one pill. And that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And my doctor's name is Jesus. But you know, Jesus came to minister to those that needed healing and needed deliverance. Because He said, they that behold, they don't need a physician. Amen. If you don't need healing, you don't need God to touch your life, thank God for it. But put your faith out here and pull with me. While I pray for these folks that do need it. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I speak. Oh, hallelujah. I speak. God, to this sprain thumb, this muscle. God, whatever. Hallelujah. Whatever it is. It makes no matter. God, you made it. Now fix it in Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory. Work that thing, sister may. Work that thumb, work that muscle. Hallelujah. Come on, I know there's more people in this need healing. I didn't preach like this. Man, this thing has been burning in my bones for for two, three days now. Hallelujah. Hello? How you doing? Good. You the one that called me? Okay. Okay. Are you the one I sent the the tapes to? What I want to explain to you about cancer, it's a spirit. It's a spirit. All sickness is a spirit, whether you all know it or not, but it's a spirit. I've seen people go through operations. I've seen them go through chemotherapy. I've seen them live 15, 20 years. But somewhere... If the spirit ain't bound and cast out, the cancer will come back. It always has. There's nobody that's ever had cancer that if God didn't deliver him, it didn't come back somewhere. Do you love the Lord? And He loves you. And He died for you. And He went to Calvary and took the stripes. I know you've probably watched The Passion of the Christ. Have you ever watched it? You see the beating He took Every one of those stripes was for your healing before you was ever born. It don't matter. Jesus done it for you. If you had been the only person in the world, He would have done it for you. He would have done it for you. Why? He loves you. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. There ain't nothing in that hand right there but I'm gonna, if it's alright with you I'm going to put my hand on you I'm going to pray the prayer of faith for you do you have any pain anywhere? are you sore? sore all over? got pain? just there? or did you have constant pain? or just, just where you had the surgery? but I want you to believe I want you to believe because didn't you just have a baby? this ought to be a joyous time of your life you shouldn't be having to deal with this all it is, is the Lord has allowed this, I believe, to make you a great testimony. That you can testify of His healing, saving, delivering power. And I'm just going to place my hand on you. I'm going to curse this thing. I'm going to command it to leave your body. And I believe all the pain and all the soreness and all this, st- I believe everything's going to leave you. And God's going to let you know that you're healed. I believe He's going to let you know you're healed. Is your, did you say this, your daughter? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Satan, I bind you. Thy spirit of cancer, I charge thee. Leave her. No, I cast you. Return. No more. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I believe in using your faith. Can you raise your hands up like that? Put them back down. Tell me what you feel in here. Is there any soreness? Just type. Is it better? Better. There's a healing going on. There's a healing going on. The difference between a healing is it comes gradual. Miracles instantaneous. But if it's getting better, you believe. You don't doubt. Because the devil will try to make you doubt. God has healed you. Give me a prayer. I'm going to give you this. And I want you to take this. I want you to keep this with you. But I want you to believe God. You're gonna be all right. I believe. I've seen God do this all over the world. I mean, all over the world. I prayed for. Daniel, tell me how many people with cancer. I prayed for a little 14-year-old girl in St. Jude back in '96. Sent her a prayer cloth. She died with leukemia. They said she'd never live. They sent that Make-A-Wish Foundation to give her a computer. That girl is 30-something years old. Done had three kids and serving God down in Mississippi somewhere. And everywhere people believe Jesus, God moves for them. You believe? If you get a chance, come back and sit under this word because it builds faith. It builds faith in you. Amen. God bless you. I believe it's going to be all right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Y'all give the Lord a good praise. And if you got those CDs I sent, you'll know, wear them out. Just wear them out because it'll, it'll put faith in your heart. Don't sit up and watch TV and, and, and get the blues, man. Put that, put them CDs on, wear them out. And, because faith comes by hearing, hearing comes by the word. And I guarantee you that word will put faith in you. It'll put faith in you. I mean, we pulled them off of some tapes that I preached back in the 90s. We was going to a meeting somewhere and I was riding down the road and I was listening to myself preach and I got excited. I said, man, if you can excite yourself, you must be a good preacher. Because I got myself excited. Yeah? I think Brother David was with me. He travels on the road with me sometimes. And you can feel the presence of God and feel that car, couldn't you? I mean the presence of God just filled that car. Man, we begin to shout and praise God and talk in tongues and glorify and magnify Jesus. Hallelujah. What you need the Lord to do for you? Is he a believer? Where's he at? Savannah? Man, i just about 90 miles from him. I want you to send this to him. How's your nephew doing, says Kathy? Praise God. She had a nephew who had a motorcycle wreck, what, nine ten months ago? And they said he would be a vegetable. We sent a prayer cloth down there to him and I started praying for him. He's out of the hospital now. And she said they'd just give him a loan and start his own business. Ain't nothing wrong with him. Ain't nothing wrong with him. Hallelujah.